Hi, I'm Dave Barnes. And I'm John McLaughlin. And welcome to Dadville. Dadville is a podcast where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of awesome dadding. It's funny thoughts and deep talks. So please, enjoy your time here in Dadville and enjoy this episode with... Elliot So all of that leads me here why are we Uh standing on top of a giant landfill what like why did you take me here and why do i see so many discarded candles well dave okay i wanted you to see firsthand the problem facing the candle industry Mm. let me hit you with this stat this is actually sit down on all those discarded candles yeah it's gonna be sharp almost two billion candles are sold globally each year and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next million years. Okay. I, I wouldn't say this to a lot of people, John. Yeah. You're not lying to me because you don't lie to me, John. I, I would never lie, especially uh, about candles. I, saw, I told you that the first years, day we met. That is Gnarls Barkley crazy. <laughs> Although I must admit, this landfill does smell pretty great compared to what I anticipated. <laughs> the, you know, the candles do kind of pick that part up, but it's disturbing, John. Hey, Dave, yeah. you're funny, but this is no time to I'm joke. So okay, the folks at Notes yep. knew that we all want our homes to smell great. I do. But figured there had to be a more responsible way. And guess what? They found the perfect solution. What did they come Let up with? Let me tell you. If you'll stop interrupting me, so I'll sorry. tell you. So Notes created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel again and again. And guess what, Dave? Again. Again. Yes. Please don't interrupt me. So you don't become part of the problem. It's so easy to use. The candles are made with fragranced wax beads, and all you do is place the wick in the reusable notes jar, fill it up with the wax beads, enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours, and then just do it all over again when you're ready to get a new one. Oh, so that means I can switch out of fragrances all the time. That's right. That sounds great. I'm checking out their website, and I think I already have my eye on the Centol and Atlas, Atlas Cedar. Cedar. Yeah, I knew that. would Plumeria and Pink Current. Yep, mm. yep, yep. The one that you're enjoying right now, uh-huh. Smell that? Mm, it's vanilla and pepperwood. It's like my two favorite scents. No, and the names of your bunnies, right? That's right. Okay. Yeah, just coincidence. There. <laughs> okay. Did you know that there are thirteen amazing fragrances what? in all? Dave, that's almost fourteen oh. fragrances, handcrafted <laughs> by fragrance experts at their home base in South Carolina. And they are to die for. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up on high-quality home fragrance by making the switch to Notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notecandles.com slash podcast. Right now, Notes is giving listeners 15% off and free shipping when you buy a Notes starter kit using code DADVILLE. Just use code DADVILLE when placing your order. That's code DADVILLE at notecandles.com slash podcast. This week, everybody, we have the one, one of our dear, dear friends with us, uh, who is Mr. Elliot Cherry. And Elliot is pastor here at Midtown, one of the Midtown branches. We call them churches, but yeah. I thought you called them franchises. Hey, it's actually more biblical to call them branches, because guess what we are? We're the vine. Okay? No, he's the vine. That's what I said. That's a pastoral test. There's going to be more of those. That's John 15.5 right there. Hey, look at this guy. Look at that. Dave, I would like for you to tell the audience where my church is in relationship to your house. (laughs) Okay. Spiritually, and then tell them where miles. your church is. Yeah, then spiritually, tell miles away from my house. <laughs> uh, physically, very close. Arguably, we may touch properties. Um, no, uh, Elliot pastors here in Nashville. That the church that our John McLaughlin attends. Elliot is my pastor. 
Honored. Honored. And we're going to have a little section that we call Air John Sins. Uh, that's mm-hmm. coming in. Just to give you a heads up, that's going to be in about 10 minutes. It's great. Okay. And it's a short list. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But heavy. It's pride. Heavy. heavy. Period. Heavy. Pride. Yeah, pride. 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 Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we don't need 10 minutes to say pride. Yeah. 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 So we are thrilled that you're on. Very honored to be here. Um, does the does the audience need to know that um, this was kind of a pity ask? Like we were having a tough time filling the filling the slot. February is a slow month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. In the pod, everybody that knows the podcasting space knows slow February. Slow February. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So th- yeah, it's kind of a filler. Yeah, it's but like ESPN you, in August. Yeah, like you know, what, <laughs> <laughs> guys, like you're just scrolling. Yeah, you're like, why am I watching bowling and so invested? <laughs> like, I care about this guy's plight. He has a daughter for Pete's sake, and he's trying to get his son through high school. Like, bowl of three hundred. Trying to get his son through high school. <laughs> yeah, that's listen. That's where that guy's living, man. Um, he's in Tampa. Elliot, for for those who have been listening intently. For the mm. super fans. Yes. Mm. Elliot has yes. been referred to. Numerous times. Numerous times, mm. but never his last name. Never his last name. Did you just say it? Did you say it a minute ago? So it's not going to. And I won't. So you we'll can leave your pride out. at the doorstep. Okay, there okay. we go. I no. did. Yeah. Um, that's true. Yeah, we have, we've, we've referenced you a lot. Thank you. Um, so it really does feel like it's finally time you're on. One of the things, we're just going to come in hot, Elliot. Let's do it. We were talking about this right before we started, and that's why I eventually started recording if you could repeat your social security number just for everybody real quick at the top. Uh, no, you know, so so being being a pastor, I have a very vested interest in this conversation. Yep. But one of the things that I thought would be really interesting about having you on is that, you know, you are a preacher, you're a pastor, um, and you are, you know, you're a younger pastor. How old are you? 36. 36. So, you know, but have been doing it full time for how long? Yeah, it's my eighth year being the lead pastor. Yeah, so that's town, that's a, South. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. you, you started really young. That's mm-hmm. that's pretty amazing to think because, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, most guys are kind of st- not where you are now, but right, right. Yeah, yeah. mid-30s, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think my dad, I think my dad had his first full-time or had his first um, head pastor gig at 40, mm-hmm. 39. That's, oh, yeah. wow. That's more normal. Something like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um is the what's the normal is right? route? Gosh. Is it like youth pastor? No, you got to do your time wrong. with the junior high, yeah. and uh-huh. then yeah, it's it, and uh, you hate no thirty two. I lied. Okay, <clears throat> I'm way off. Sorry, but... Dad. He he was yeah. He's Dave so remembers. Mad right yeah, now. yeah. He Dave remembers. This. He's over this. Um. Well, when you're a kid, your parents are immediately forty. Well, honestly, it's true. It's true. It's true. It's like wait a second. But the you hate to say it, but a lot of times the first job people get is in youth ministry, and I did youth ministry for a while. Um, but people end up viewing youth ministry just as like a stepping stone. And the people who make the best youth pastors don't do that. They're, Shout they're, out to Phil Roach. Phil Roach. Yeah, that's right. There we go. Um, and the the ones you can name that have been doing it for a long time, they're the best ones. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they're not doing it just to move up. And so the assistant pastor in our church, Daryl, he was a youth pastor for 15 or 20 years before. Oh, wow. he. So it was like he's th- – those kinds are like – Well, they man, were in it. They, they were, were in they it. They weren't looking – at yes. the horizon right, right, for right. the thing. But normally, like, yeah, you go youth and then work your way up. It's and then... interesting that that would be a stepping stone. I can totally see why that would be the case. Mm-hmm. But I I could imagine being a youth pastor and then being a lead pastor or senior yeah. pastor, however you want to say it. That's completely different uh, yeah, jobs. It's true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> A lot less twisters involved with the senior pastor. <laughs> and twisters. Yeah. We still we still do lock ins uh, in the adult ministry, but mm. yeah. Tell me more about those. Yeah, yeah. I can't. They're talk. not yeah. like legal though. Yeah. <laughs> they're not. They're not on the books. Yeah. Um 
<laughs> no, so this is something that I, I'm really curious, and I, and I think people listening would probably, I think it's good to hear. So as a pastor, and again, I have such a vested interest from a dad who was one, and so I've I've sort of sat, you know, front row and watched a mm-hmm. lot of this. Did um, you literally have to like the family sit on the front row in the church no, you no, grew no, up no, in? Okay, no, no. although. No, we didn't. Yeah. We didn't. We never did, actually. Like, yeah. I don't know that ever in my life I sat on the front yeah. What do you think are some of the really hard things? And you're interested. You know, I think what makes yours even more intriguing is that you're 36 mm-hmm. and, you know, you just had your fifth kid. Mm-hmm. So that's two really interesting things to add to that. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that you're young. Yeah. So you're not someone that's like, you know. Uh, yeah. on the other side so of true. that, right? Yeah. So, so, beca- and I say, and what I'm saying by young is, um, your plight, I think is very similar to a lot of listeners and mm-hmm. that they're like, Oh, this, like we're on the younger side of parenting, totally. we're on the younger side yeah, of community uh-huh. and, yeah. you know, being involved in the city and we're still vibrant and we're doing things. We're out and mixing and moving and shaking and stuff. So I think when you think about being a pastor, when you're leading a church like this, what are the things that are just hard about it? Mm. Like, especially with where you are, man, right? It's a great question. Yeah, we did just have our fifth kid. Am I? The, who's had more? Who's had the most kids of all the Dadville guests? Do I get that medal? Uh, one of the Hanson brothers. Oh, they, yeah, the Hansons have like thirteen each, or so you're not going <laughs> to yeah. catch them. Well, you uh, may. A lot if of them you keep trying. A yeah. lot. Of, yeah. Well, <laughs> you said it, not me. Yeah. Um, I th- we know what that song is about. Now. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> um, That's great. I think that I. It is an interesting seat to be in because um, even for me growing up, I grew up in a ministry house as well. You, when you see the pastor, you think like they're on the other side of mm. like not. Yes, they have it all together. You can certainly think about the pastor, but also like they've lived through kind of a season, the season that I'm now in. Right, like, I never right. imagined I would be a pastor of a church that that is growing and and has all the demands of this role and have you know, the, a, a life at home that I love, but is also a lot. And mm-hmm. so, you know, and I've shared this with John and Amy a lot. We're dear friends with them and, um, you know, they go to their neighborhood church, so yeah, to speak. So we're going to edit that. Um, but, um, but it's, it's a hard thing to, to know that the vocation that the Lord has called me to will have an effect on my family. Mm, and wow. so I, and Amy's a pastor's kid as well. And so it just, the fear that I have and maybe the, the taunt that I have to deal with the most is the Lord's called me to this. I believe in it, but what effect is this having on my children, the demands of the job, the stress of the job, but also just like, it's hard to untangle mm, like yeah. the, Oh, but dad is the guy that tells everybody about Jesus. Dad's the guy that everybody comes to when they need help, but he's just t- dad to me. But when I see him at church, he's more than that to everybody else. So it just is, how does that, web get untangled so that to me is the like that's the hardest part of my job truly is not even the demands that the job has but is what effect is this having on my wife and kids specific to their spiritual life yes 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 yes. and you know they right now our oldest is 10 um our youngest is you know eight weeks but they're they're they don't have all of that going on. I'm imagining a lot more difficulty when they're teenagers, but um, in that realm of trying to disconnect that. But I, that's the burden I carry the most when it relates to my job and my, my two vocations as husband and father and pastor. So when you say that, I mean, I don't want to take us off on a tangent too quickly, but like when you say that, I, of course, all of us as, as parents and believers mm-hmm. feel that on some level. You sure. feel it. 
times 10 sure. or times 7. Maybe that's more biblical. <laughs> no, my gosh. Um, 40. Or yeah. 70 40. times 7. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> but I, like, I, of course, you know, I, I want my girls to grow up and to, you know, know Jesus, love Jesus, all mm. that kind of stuff. And I always think about, speaking of youth pastors, I always think about my time in youth yes. group mm-hmm. because it was, it was a great time. It was a, it was awesome. And I look back and I am so grateful for it. So grateful for my youth pastors, but there, that is a season of sort of like black and white. The way that I viewed the world for a couple years. Totally. Is not how I view it now. Right. And I always think is that I always want kind of my girls to go through sort of the track that I went. Cause that's what I know. Right. That's to, to, to use a, Maybe terrible metaphor. That's the devil I know. You know right, what I mean? Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you view that, right? Do you view do you view the track that your kids are going to go on sort of in that way? Like they're gonna there's yeah. gonna have to be some yes years where they view the world in a way that I sort of disagree with, but it's a means to. An but end. also maybe even like that those that season you're talking about for you and I had this. I imagine you had this too, Dave. Um, but the that season of youth ministry there were people that invested in me that weren't my parents that were amazing and like helped me to see Jesus, to fall in love with Jesus, to like learn how to be vulnerable, like to have friends, spiritual friend friendships, all that stuff. I'm hoping for the same thing for my kids and it's growing at our own church where my kids really do enjoy coming to church and has nothing to do with me. Like because Mm -hmm. of children's ministry right now, my oldest is in a, like a communicates class and she's learning all kinds of, deep spiritual things and it has nothing like I'm not the one teaching her these things. Someone else is. And so it's like, I'm hopeful for relationships that will come along that will. Yes, certainly like I'm gonna have to let them kind of have their weird, hard, emotional, adolescent, hormonal years. And there will be other people in the church community saying, and we're going to help you. This this is the vows we take in infant baptism. That's what our church does mm-hmm. is like we we are committing to helping you raise these children and so like yes please community we need you maybe i more than anybody need you to help raise right. these children do you, do you think some of the posture of that because i think that's so healthy and i think it gets us away from what we were talking about before we started recording which is that sort of um you know like you are like elliot cherry yes. is the guy mm-hmm, yeah. all things run through mm-hmm. and are approved and yeah that's how my home runs well, okay. <laughs> I love that. Let's talk. Actually, let's pivot for a second. Um, no, but no, I mean, yeah, do, it does. Do you think that? Do you think that our generation of church is responding? Is is um, setting itself up and moving and um, functioning in a way that's a little bit of a response to what maybe didn't work for a while? Yes. Do you see that? Almost like implicitly. Like it's not like everybody. There was like a group that got together and said, "Let's do it this way." It's like we just kind of have seen how that doesn't end well huh. let's let's do it yeah and i i but define what you're saying a little bit more so like, like what i love that you just said as you were talking about that is that you have nothing to do with what's happening mm-hmm. and i think a lot of pastors would yeah, say yeah. like yeah. oh yeah for sure but i think a lot of pastors also would say but ultimately i do know what's right, going right. or mm-hmm. i have i can mm-hmm. step in and kind of mm-hmm. or i'm going to teach a certain part of that which right. you, you know there's not anything inherently wrong with that but i do think what i see so much nowadays is like shared 
pastoring where you totally. have it's what midtown yeah. does it, yes yeah. exactly yeah. i mean you know you you yeah. guys have you guys are at your different um branches mm-hmm. <laughs> at your different churches but there's a real sense of interconnectedness yeah. accountability shared responsibility mm-hmm. maybe as much as anything yeah it, we, we say know. at midtown often that the most dangerous person at a church is the senior pastor yeah in the sense that yeah like you said not just the everything has to run through him he's the CEO at the top that is untouchable, that's dangerous, but also like it's easiest for him to hide. It's easiest for him to not be Mm. known truly. It's the easiest for all that stuff. And so there is a, yes, I think a current generation that says like, we, we want our pastors to have that. And we believe that about our pastors too. So the church can actually love each other and be a family instead of it all having to run through you know. Well, you know, and forgive me, here we go. Buckle up, boys, because here comes a TED Talk. But, like, I think I feel so strongly about this as a preacher's son. Yeah. And, and again, watching in some ways that my dad had to deal with, and I think on his bad days, struggled through, because mm-hmm. it feels great, right? Yeah. When everybody's kind of like, dude, you're the man. But this thing that we naturally do as humans that we can't get away from, because mm-hmm. we, we're, we're, something's got to be God. Something's got to be the idol. That's the way we're made. Like, yeah. God made us to worship something. And hopefully it's him, but a lot of times it's not, you know? And so what we do is we look to these, we just can't get away. I mean, look at what happens in the old Testament when, you know, Israel comes to the, the, you know, Samuel, he goes like, Hey, we want a King. And he's like, so, okay. So I've got it straight from the top. This is a bad idea. And they're like, we don't care. We want a King because Mm -hmm. we do want Kings. We want somebody we can look to. We life has to be in this sort of like, uh, hierarchical thing. We need right. people that we look to and go, you tell us what to do. Yeah. So, cause somebody has got to know what's going on and that's you. Right. And so I think what's, we're never away from that as a society. Like as much as we're like, we don't want people, in, we do want people in charge. Right. right. Yeah. We do. Yeah. And so I think that the tricky part of a church that happens is without even knowing that we're doing it. And this is where I have so much empathy for you and my friends who are pastors and Chad and whoever is going, you can't help. You can do everything right. You can have, a million pastors pastoring with you. You right. can have a session that knows you well, right. like elders that know you well, yep. deacons that know you well. Still, those people coming to that church every Sunday and Wednesday night are going to be like, this is my guy. Like, yeah. and, and even and in their interactions, what you have to fight, which has got to be so hard every day, is going, hey, I'm a human. Hey, I'm a human. Hey, I'm a human. I'm a human. I'm a human. I have struggles. I have things I really have a hard time with. Because what I don't want to hear in my in my sin right. is like, don't do that. Yeah, yeah. I need you to be mm-hmm. a king. And yeah. I think, yes, 100%. We, uh, we have a little small chapel where we meet um our sanctuary is 100 year old building it's a really cool space in our neighborhood in your neighborhood dave actually I'm sorry, keep going. um but uh we we made an announcement a few weeks ago because we're just kind of out of space and needing to uh figure out some space issues anyway uh, i basically made the ask because of our other midtown congregations and other great churches in this city i mean like covenant and there's other great places for people to go hear the gospel and be in community i said to the people at the beginning of the service like hey um Glad that you're here. It's a little crowded in here. We would just ask in the coming weeks, um, would you guys pray about uh, if you drive past another healthy church, would you pray about going there? Um, Again, not that we don't want you here, not that you're not welcome here, but like, would y'all, and literally someone in the offering box in the back put a note that literally said, and I don't know who it was uh, because it wasn't signed. Could have been a joke. It didn't, wasn't written like a joke, but it literally said like, we come to this church because you're the preacher. We're not going anywhere else. And it was like, that's what you're saying. It's like, that's actually what, like, you're actually 
if that's you, please. I actually, I actually wrote, we're coming <laughs> because you're the pastor. I, said, I didn't say preacher. Just FYI. But just, go ahead. It was in woman crayon. handwriting. Yeah, it was, it was in crayon. He did it with but left hand. It worked with what I had. <laughs> yeah. But I, what I say all that to say what you just said is like, it doesn't matter how much we would try to promote that yeah. ethos and that culture. People are going to want it. What's yeah. challenging about that reality, though, is, and actually what's really healthy and why I'm very thankful for my home life as hard as it can be and being a dad is like, um, you're the guy, you're the guy, you're the king, you, you have all the right answers, you have your life together and people want to view you that way because Israel wants a king sort yeah. of mentality is, um, that's not true when I go home, mm-hmm. which is actually like, if it, you get why like pastors are workaholics and like, cause it's way easier to stay at the office when everybody oh. believes that about you than right. to go home. You know well, what I'm saying? Let me just dive, divert for one second. That's, that's just, I don't only know men, yeah. right? Like, cause I'm mm-hmm. one. Your wife told me that. Yeah. Well, touche. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think this is a bigger discussion just for any man listening to this. One of my favorite discussions to have with my friends is exactly what you're saying. Like, we 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 strap this nobility to hardworking people, and I, and like part of me wants to put a lie detector test on every man and go tell me how many hours a week you need to work, and if this thing beeps, you get shot. Yeah, and they're like, okay, <laughs> like every day, yeah, like four hours. You'd be like, right. okay, and yet we stay, and I do this totally. I stay back here in the studio because mm-hmm. like I control the space. I when I walk in that house, I do I control zero, mm-hmm. and and so. You know, your point, it, it's, it's a, I think it's a, it, obviously it's a bigger thing, but I, I can imagine again for you where, where it's such a succinct, clear, the hierarchy is set yes. up, yeah. like, you know, Dude. and then you walk in and all of those <laughs> things are immediately stripped. Like, you know, the, yeah. the crown goes, the scepter goes, you know, and, and it's like, you know, daddy, put on this cheerleader outfit and play with me. And you're Dude. like, wow, this has changed. This, I was not doing this an hour ago. <laughs> that's <right. Yeah. laughs> no, I think it's really true. And I think that that's actually the Lord's mercy is like, this is your primary call. Your primary call is at home to your wife and to your children. And they, the way that they view you is the proper way for you to view right. you. Like, wow. this is, you know what I mean? Like, wow. so people can believe, people can put, you know, John can put letters in the offering box that say you're, you're the man, but like to see, to see yourself rightly, you know, that's what James talks about is like, the fool is the one who looks in the mirror and then immediately walks away and forgets what he looks like. And so it's like, when you're home, the mirror is like, hey, this is who you are. This is mm-hmm. this is your job to serve here, to love here, to protect here, to guide here, to shepherd here. And this is how they view you. Don't forget what you look like. What are the ways that you – because you have a good handle on that right now. I've mastered it. Yeah. yeah. yeah you've mastered that. it. Love yeah. that. And, I mean, I have – I. I don't know if we have talked about this in the past. I have thought about this many times. Anytime I see some sort of like prominent, you know, celebrity pastor fall, I I always think of you because you're my pastor. And you know, the like you just said, like the room is full. Yeah. It's you have a talent for communication, for speaking, for you know. And easy on the eyes. Easy on the eyes, obviously. You know, there are a lot of got a hearing great face. impaired people that come to our you church. You got a great faith for preaching. <laughs> face I will for po- say I've got that. a great face for podcasts. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, but you've got a handle on it now. Like, yeah. and th- this is something that I, I think we all think about. Like Dave, you alluded to it. Like, I I want to keep a hold of my headspace right now because you look at you you look across the aisle at different people, and I'm like, well, at some point, this guy over here it got out of hand and that could happen to me today 
what are the ways that you keep that in that's check? really good because yeah. you because you're you got a target on you mm-hmm. Di- different i think than we do dave and i yeah that's good i think that um what you just said about like the, it could happen today i think even that mentality is part of the defense in the sense of if i know myself i'm like some of the midtown pastors say all of us are two decisions away from blowing our life yeah, up yeah, you know? oh, yeah and it's that literally like two it's it's yeah. not a hundred decisions it's yeah, yeah. i'm two decisions away and that can be that that's not even like only directed at one kind of sin i mean mm. there is there is yeah, a well said but well it's said. like there's lots of ways to yep. blow your life up and so but i think believing i really am two decisions away which is like i'm on my guard against what would that first decision be mm. um but I think, you know, David talks about in Psalm 51, um, after his fall with Bathsheba and his Psalm of confession, he says in his repentance and in his restoration, my sin is ever before my eyes. That can be a shame filled thing. Like just beating yourself up. That can also be a really healthy thing. Like I know my capacity. I know what I am capable of doing back in the garden, Adam and Eve. Like I know I'm a, I'm a natural hider. I know I'm a natural like avoider. I know that I you know, Adam, the silence of Adam, y'all have had Al Andrews on like that. I know I'm prone to not want to deal with things. And so if I believe that my sin is ever before my eyes, then I actually, that's one of the defenses against it. And so I need people, whether that's, you know, congregants or other pastors or just friends that don't go to your church, um, Mm -hmm. that you would say, Hey, you're, you're always allowed to ask me about any part of my life. And and then at the end of the conversation, you're allowed to ask me if I lied to you. You know, like you're, uh-huh. you can always see my text messages. You can always like, you're, it's, you're allowed to do this. And so I do have, I don't feel like when I'm with friends like y'all truly and other good friends that I don't have to pretend to be something. Um, yeah, I had a hard week. Yeah. I didn't really want to like deal with this hard thing at home. Yeah. I'm, I'm afraid. Yeah. Whatever. If those spaces aren't there, which like you were talking about, you're, dad's generation of pastors that wasn't normal for so long um yeah so it I wasn't think, expected of them that level of transparency yes yet. yeah yeah and so i think that now i don't think i should confess my deepest darkest sins to the congregation but i need to have a place to be able to do that yeah and if that's not there then i'm probably not two decisions away i'm probably one decision yeah. away yeah well and, and and you know i think the thing that's so genius about the way that god made all that is that when you get knocked down, there's nobody there but God left standing. Totally. So as, a, yeah. as a congregation, we just have to go like, oh, yeah, I guess God's it the was, guy. Yeah, yeah. You he's know, the king he's of the Israel. King. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So the, the, you know, y'all, can I ask y'all a question? I know this is – y'all. Are, I'm the podcast I guest, try to but, tithe, but I do forget but, if that's where this is going. And I feel <laughs> terrible about it. I mean – you have to do it every year. Yeah. <laughs> year. If you're doing a remodel, you don't have to every do it, right? Every year. Yeah. Not week, not month. Just for the podcast year. listeners at home, walking to Dave's studio today, John lives right across the street. Both of them have construction projects going on yeah, at their house. Really exciting. Just wanted it to be evident that... Ours is we're building a youth group room. Yeah. Just so you know. Um, we are too. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, okay. seriously. The girls live. Yeah, like it's literally that's a group of youth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But do y'all? Because, like you said, it's the same for men. What you know, it's easier at work in a lot of ways. People view me a different way. They view me at home. But y'all are on the road so much. That's a different dynamic. Because I know you also. I've heard you, John, talk a lot about. I really love, like, I really love my family. I really love, mm-hmm. I miss my girls. I, 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 about that too. I miss my, never heard Dave say anything close yeah, to I'm that. talking about John's family. I um, yeah. 
<laughs> but like, I know you want to be home, but there also yeah. is like a, as, when y'all get to tour so much, there is a joy of like, I'm traveling, I'm seeing cities, I'm eating, I'm, I'm like, I'm with my friends. You're almost at like summer camp. I know yeah. you're working really hard too, but there is, does that make that reality even more challenging? Like the road is fun too. And I don't, I don't necessarily want to get off the road or is it like, no, I'm exhausted. I can't wait to get back home even though home has its a different set of challenges. Like you're saying, like I've said to you, I love playing shows now more than ever. Yeah. And at the same time, I never want to go on yeah. the road. Yeah, yeah. And I hope that never changes. I hope both of those things mm. are true all the time. Thursday morning, I have a flight to Denver and I don't want to go. And for those of you listening... In Denver. People in Fort Collins yeah. in Denver. <laughs> Can't wait to When get I get on those those stages, I will love it. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, once I get through security at yeah. the airport, yeah. Um, yeah. that's when it starts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, until I get there, I don't want to go. Yeah. And I hope that's it good. never – I hope that's always the case. Yeah. What about you? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with John. I feel the same way. I really enjoy playing music. I don't love everything on the road. Yeah. I don't love what comes out. But you're right. Like, you know, I do the most consistent thing that I do that looks like a tour is these Christmas shows that I do on the road. Yeah. And it, it it's tricky because it's like, I think the easiest thing for me is, and you know, like you being an Enneagram 7, what is really easy for me to do is just to not think about the things that are hard. And, and, and so the good thing about that is I can be very present because I'm like, hey, I'm with my friends. We're having a blast. Because that crew, you know, right. I've got this band that I love these guys and girls, and we have a we have so much fun. So the good news is it it's like we I think we're all pretty where we are. Yeah. The bad thing is I'm not home. Right. And so you know it's just easy to not talk to my wife for right. a day and kind of check in and kind of oh hey so what are y'all and then oh sorry babe I gotta go we got the show starting yeah, in five yeah. minutes. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a discipline that you yeah. have to have around it. But um, but y'all talk about like. The pastor being the guy, Israel wants a king. We want someone at the top. Y'all have a room full of people every night who are literally like there to watch you and there to like clap for you and believe that you are. Now, maybe you're not the spiritual guy, but you're the guy for them that night. You know, they they don't see your, maybe they don't even want to see like, hey, this guy's got major flaws or like he's a, or, you know, uh-huh. like you, you just have a room full of people every night in different cities that are going, this guy's king for me tonight. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you just disappoint them with a second song. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I I don't know if you feel this way, Dave. I just don't feel like my, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. So like the people who show up in Denver, yeah, they are tip, like they've been there since the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like whatever like the honeymoon period was in terms of like the like, oh, there he is. Uh-huh. I just don't feel like that's the yeah, case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. I feel like they're there because these songs are really meaningful yep. to them. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I, I just don't feel like it's me. Yeah. Like some people come go to shows because they want to see the person on stage. Right. And they want to see the band. Right. And some people come for the music, and I feel like it's more so the latter yeah, in yeah. my case. Mm-hmm. And I also wanted to say one huge thing for Amy and I is that for the first six, seven years that I was on the road back when we were on the road a lot, Mm -hmm. it was before we had kids and Amy was at every show. She came with you. That's right. Yeah. So she knows the road. Mm -hmm. So there isn't like the road to me doesn't feel like this sort of like escape. 
in terms of like this is my thing and I go do my thing. Yeah. She knows the road. Like she knows right. the green room in Denver where yeah, I'm gonna be. Yeah, she can yeah. picture it. Yeah. She yeah. spent hours and hours and how in they don't have room. a bathroom in there, and how they don't have a big crime yes. to humanity though i love that little things that, like that that's though. real you weren't joking yeah, yeah. no yeah. i have to and you're at a higher altitude so you have to pee more and you're drinking more to try to stay ahead of the altitude so you're as... peeing twice as much yes. in a place where you already pee twice as much yes that's a fun game <laughs> that's in true. i love that all game. those little things literally so you're cutting the ground. Hey, didn't you just pee shut up wait where are you going bathroom again all those little things are things that make amy and i feel connected yeah, when I'm on, on the road. road. Yeah. And that's a mm-hmm. that's a big thing. I don't know how you replicate that yeah. with everyone's job, but if yeah. you, but as much as you can, I think you should. But she gets to see she knows what world you're in when you're yeah. gone. It's not some other fantasy land. Well, but land. you know yeah. too and, and what I was going to say, Elliot, which is kind of interesting that we both have the three of us have careers that are both sort of in the same space, which is I think when you are in front of people, mm-hmm. uh I think you can lean two directions with that energy, right? You can double down and go, I am unique, and I want to be seen as unique. I want to be, I want to feel special. I want to feel like why you're here is a legitimate claim, and I'm going to prove to you that it is in a really unhealthy way. And not only that, but I'm going to keep that train going as long as I can because it, made, it just feels amazing. Like it makes me unique, right? Well, and you have to have a level of that. Uh, you have to you figure do. out no, what you the do. healthy level of that is to get yourself to get back on stage yeah. every time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then the other way is, what you do and what I think John does really well and what I try to do, which is I really want you to enjoy this, but I am, mm-hmm. I am, I have a discipline around being like you. Yes. So when I meet you after the show, when I interact with you online, yeah. um, my branding as right. a human, mm-hmm. as an artist is, is a, um, 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 rooted, grounded human. Yes. It's not mm-hmm. check me out up in right. the clouds. I'm untouchable. I'm untouchable. Right. And right. everything I do is trying to prove to you how different I am. Right. It, everything I'm trying to do and John is trying to do works. Like all of our friends that we came up with, I think one of the reasons that we were able to do what we do in a way that didn't blow it up, because we can blow it up like you can, is we weren't hooking up with girls after shows. Right. We mm-hmm. weren't spying the audience for the girl that you could flirt with afterwards totally. or whatever, you know, yeah, yeah. boozing it up to sure. death after, yeah. whatever that version of that thing is. Instead, I think, you know, I can speak for John because I've seen him do it. Mm-hmm. It's all just about meeting people and having them go, God, he's really dude. cool. Yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. because one, I think your ministry, I mean, if you call it our ministries are twice as potent because we are normal. Right. right. Because then they go like, wow, that's, it, but, and then it, again, it flattens the room again, like you do. And then it's like, well, if John's that gifted, I guess we could just say God gave him a gift and not John's up there. Like, well, what's interesting is I've heard it said before. I actually think Daryl, my assistant pastor said this a few months ago in a sermon, but somebody, the effect of like, uh, your ministry, your pulpit is not a place for you to like work out your shame mm-hmm. <laughs> in the sense of like, if you don't deal with you with the Lord, before you get up on stage, wow, you're going to make the room make you feel like I matter, I belong, wow, I have value. Like that has to be. I have to go into the pulpit from a place of like I need to hear the words I'm about to say desperately. Mm, geez. or like I'll make how this goes and the the applause I get, you know, the spiritual applause I get, be what validates me. But if I'm already validated and I go to the pulpit, then like I can just, I can be free. I can be, I don't need the pressure, but it's really interesting because a a great litmus test for how I'm doing in that for me, this is totally, y'all probably have versions of this in venues you play in, but our room is small enough at 12 South uh, where I can see the whole room. So if someone gets up and leaves in the middle of a sermon, it's Mm -hmm. obvious 
every time someone leaves while I'm preaching, like the internal dialogue of, well, I guess I said, I know, know this life. I know, you know, by the way, yeah. John oh, yeah. and I can relate to this. Oh, yeah. And so it's amazing yeah. to go and, and I'll tell a funny story about it in a minute, but like that, how I react to that in real time lets me know, am I on this stage to get validation? Mm-hmm. Like in this moment, like, right. is this what I need this thing? Do I need them to view me as the guy up there? Or am I actually, I'm okay. Um, because I'm, I'm already okay because I'm, <laughs> I already have validation from Jesus. So I don't need y'alls. Um, but there, our five o'clock service, um, a, a year or so ago, there was a couple that was coming every week, every week they're coming to the five o'clock service. And every week they would get up about halfway through the sermon and leave. And this was, this went on for like two or three months. And I was like, I, I mean, maybe they're just here for the music. And then like, they just can't stomach the, the sermon. And it's like, Oh, here we go. This guy again. And it was like bothering me every week. Well then, and I don't know the rooms get too many people. And I don't know everybody, you know, it's, I don't know faces and names and all that for everybody, but I get this wedding request. I sit down with a couple to do the wedding and this couple walks in. It's the couple that leaves every week. And I'm like, guys, I just got to know, like, <laughs> please. I, mean, I, mean, I love gonna, that you could ask. We're gonna, if we're gonna, it was a 430 service, would you stay for the yeah, whole like, thing? It was like, and they were like, oh, we are like, we love this church. We're both night nurses and we, we sleep all oh day. And then like, we come to like, this, we come to the evening service, but our shift starts at six o'clock or whatever. So it's like, we've, we got to go. And oh I'm like, my gosh. But what I was doing with that every oh. week was... I was writing a narrative that was completely, yeah. I need you. If you leave, it's because you don't think I'm enough. And how can I be enough to make you not ever leave? Like one couple can do, can like derail the whole thing. Ooh, John, sorry I'm oh, late. You okay? Yeah. Did I miss anything? I've been training for a marathon. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, Ooh. you only missed me starting an online business that's going to turn the artisanal pet toy world on its head, Dave. Oh, I didn't, <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't. I didn't see that one coming. Tell yeah, me, no one did. Tell me more about it. Tell me Listen, more. I'm working on the name. Here's what I got so far. Okay. Whisker Wonders. Okay. Pet and Paw. Okay. R2 Pets. <laughs> okay. Those are positively unique. Uh, <laughs> Come on. It's a blessing. It's a burden. It's my life, John. It sure is. But in order for this business to be successful, Dave, we not only need a great name, but we also need an easy way to sell our pup food grip chew toy, right. our slobber stopper. Yep. Our Barkinator. And don't forget the the Halloweening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You hear that? I did. That's the sound of Shopify, John. Let's pause oh, man. <laughs> for a moment and talk about the commerce platform that's revolutionizing businesses around the world. You know, Dave, I've been using Shopify for years, and it makes selling things online so easy. Almost too easy. Yeah. I mean, Shopify covers every sales channel from an in-person point-of-sale system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. It even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. I love Facegram and Instabook, but Shopify is also packed with industry-leading tools to ignite your growth. It gives you complete control over your business and your brand without having to learn any new skills in design or code. And you know how much I hate learning. Oh, yeah. Education is your enemy, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, what's incredible to me about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify is there to empower you with the confidence and control to revolutionize your business and take your business to the next level. The next level is where we all want to be at, and Shopify can take you there. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dadbill. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash dadbill to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash dadbill. This is possibility powered by Shopify.
<laughs> so then literally he looks at me right in the eyes and he says, Dave, no, it's tickle me Elmo. <laughs> so just just back to my original question though. Yeah, yeah. You slept well last night? Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. I mean, okay. I, I was yeah, you really derailed there. Yeah. Listen, Dave, spring's upon us, you know, summer's almost here. You know, it's not getting dark at 5 uh, p.m. anymore. I mean, how could it get any better? Well, with the temps going up, John, keeping uh-huh. hydrated should be high on your priority list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know there are times where you run so fast it's harder to do most things. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Totally. But don't don't worry. That's where today's sponsor, Liquid IV, comes in, Dave. Mm-hmm. As I journey down the path to becoming oh, an elite runner, yes. right, I'm just flying down that oh, path. So I need just a bit more. And Liquid IV's Hydration Multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. John, buckle up. Okay. Because I got some news for you. In just That's one my, stick. That was my... Uh, oh, I didn't know. That was your back. In just one stick, you get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. Use it first thing in the morning, before a workout, when you feel run down, after a long night out, and on long flights. That's right. You know what, Dave? I'm drinking it right now. You want to hear it? Yeah. Here we go. Mm. Oh, wow. Can you hear how hydrated I am? Yes. I mean, just the other day before I did my daily 10 miles, as mm-hmm. I always do, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I popped a stick in my water bottle, and I did the entire run in seven minutes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. I don't know what the breakdown whoa, on whoa, that whoa, is, but whoa, that's... Whoa, 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 whoa. You yeah. ran 10 miles in seven minutes. Seven minutes. And you can, too. That's entirely due to liquid <laughs> IV. Nothing else. Okay, first, I'm not sure I believe you. And second, I don't okay. think legally we can guarantee that. Yeah, maybe you're right. You're right. Maybe it's just me, because after I drink liquid IV, I feel like I could lift a small car above my head. You know? Well, I think if it's a toy car, you could. Like, yeah, like a really small. You like could do that. One it, of the it, girls. It, it, cars. And, and if you don't mind, if we could talk about me for a second. I love yeah. dropping liquid IV's passion fruit in my water bottle right before a workout. One stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. That's crazy. Now, listen, let me fill you in on, on liquid IV's brag sheet okay. since we're here at Dadville Corporate. Yeah, please. All right. It contains five essential vitamins. Mm-hmm. You got your B3, your B5, your B6, your B12, and your vitamin C, three times the electrolytes Whoa. of traditional sports drinks. That's right. Made with premium ingredients non-GMO, and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. Get this. Liquid IV is on a mission to change the world. To date, Liquid IV has donated, this is crazy, over 36 million servings in 50-plus countries around the world. That's right. So grab your Liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code DADVILLE at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code DADVILLE at liquidiv.com. Well, you know, the funny thing is that I actually think is a little bit of the same for us and you is that our best nights performing, your best moments in the pulpit. John, 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 so sorry to interrupt. I want to talk to the Dadville fans real quick, okay? That's fine. Dave, I wasn't talking. Hey there, Dadville fans. Are you ready to turn your dad space into the ultimate dad haven? <laughs> Look no further than home, home threads. threads. Wait, John, I have to do. Sorry. I want to do the intro. We're style meets dad approved Prove comfort. comfort. Don't, don't do that. Sorry, I'm just same page. It's okay. like we're okay. okay. Listen at homethreads.com. You can explore furniture designed for the modern dad, from recliners that embrace you like a bear hug. Please don't do that. To sturdy, kid-friendly tables for those epic dad projects. Dave. I'm 
telling you, whisper I'm just, I'm getting mad. We've got the pieces to make your dad plans a smashing success. That's right. Hey, John. Yeah. I love my new Sloan Alabaster table lamp. I just got from HomeThreads.com. It's designed to highlight the elegance and allure of art deco glamour. Adorned by brass gold details and topped with an off-white cotton chain. I know. I imagine, you know, how good it's going to look once you stop hugging it and actually or plug it in. Or once you stop trying to steal it. Okay. I'm just saying. I love it, too. Jeez. Okay, and it reminds me that when I think Art Deco, I, know. I think, think two words, Barnes. Dave yeah. Barnes. I know. Yeah. And maybe that, the Great Gatsby. Yeah, but, but mostly Dave, Dave Barnes. Barnes. Yeah. And John, my Art Deco table lamp is only the beginning. Okay. Home Threads has every piece of furniture you could possibly imagine. I just don't like that you're licking it. Well, it but you do you really good. And also, you're right, Dave. They have bedding, side tables, rugs, chairs, kitchen and dining, and so much more. It's it's really amazing. I know. And HomeThreads.com always has great deals with discounts on pricing and shipping. Dave, if I can interrupt you okay, for a second, please, please. go to HomeThreads.com/dadville. I'm doing this line today and get a code for fifteen percent off your order. order. Dave, this is my line. You got it, John. HomeThreads.com/dadville to get a code, code. for fifteen percent off your order. Because being a dad, <laughs> it's an adventure. adventure. And your home should be the perfect base camp. Home threads. Love where you live. Dave, I need to talk to you. Knock, knock. Who's there? It's John and Dave. Knock, knock. Who's there? It's John Answer and the Dave. door. Knock, knock. Who is there? It's John Why are they ringing the doorbell? We've John got a doorbell Dave. for a reason. <laughs> John, you have two choices. Okay. The first is you eat better every day, but it's really difficult. Go on. That's choice one. Two, the second is you eat better every day, but it's really easy. Man, that's tough. This is already taking too long. That you is tough. Okay. Answered. Sorry. Well, okay. I, I, I prefer the second one where yeah. you eat better every day yeah, and it's yeah, really that's easy. Right. That's the right answer. Uh, in fact... I'd like for it to take the form of delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Can I add that to the scenario? Mac, you are going to love Factor. Are you ready for pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door? John, let's tell them quickly what's not going to happen. Where are they not delivering? They're not going to leave it on the corner. Nope. Nope. Unless you live right on the corner. Then they're going to live it. They're not going to find a street child... We have those everywhere in 12 South. And just street give it child. to the street child as they disappear into a back alley somewhere. No, it's not going to happen. And listen, yeah. you said dietitian approved. Yeah. Dave, you know this is about me. I only eat food that's, that's dietitian approved. That's why I said approved. it, John. Not only that, but you'll also have over 35 meals to choose from. You come to me and, and you say every week, Dave, I'll take 12. Mm-hmm. <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> give me a break. And it, it is 35, John, meals to choose from. And that's per week. Including options like keto, calorie smart, yes. vegan, and yes. veggie, and what we call that the VNV, mm-hmm. and more, plus over 55 weekly add ons. You'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options. Dave, the only question that I'm left with is what am I waiting for? Mm. Okay, I'll answer my own question. Okay. Nothing. Whoa. Right? Okay. I'm ready for factors two minute meals. They're not three minutes. You don't have time for that. Two minutes. So I can fuel up fast with restaurant-quality meals, all delivered, again, Dave, straight to your door. Knock, knock, who's there? Factor has everything you need for a week of flavorful, nutritious eats. In addition to ready-to-eat meals, they have cold-pressed juices. Let me tell you what they're not going to do, John. Hot not to be warm-pressed. Not even warm. <laughs> oh no. There was a huge fat in the 70s. Didn't work. <laughs> Smoothies, energy bites, extra protein, <laughs> veggie sides, and more to eat. 
to eat to keep you energized. Eat and they're going to keep you energized, John. You're in <laughs> frantic times. I'm frantic right now because I'm so, so frantic. I'm so pumped up. Dave, Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options. You know I love upscale. You Uptown up girl. I was going to say. You're yeah. Get as much or as literal as you need by choosing six to 18 meals per week. Gracious. Right? I'd do 18 for sure. Yeah. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your delivery anytime. anytime. Head to factormeals.com slash dadville50 and use code dadville50 to get 50% off. No, that can't be right. No, it is. That's too good of a deal. Yeah. That's code dadville50 at factormeals.com slash dadville50 to get 50% off. That's half if my math is correct. <laughs> it is. Go get it, guys. We're actually participating with the crowd. You are a congregant as much as you are a pastor because yeah. mm-hmm. what you what we are singing didn't come from us and what you're preaching yeah. didn't come from mm-hmm. you. And so some of my best nights, I'm enjoying the show as much as the people are yeah. because it's like the band's great or I'm just like, God, this is so fun. And so you feel this thing like I think you would to your point about preaching is like, I need to hear this much. I need to, like I on really good nights, I'm enjoying the show almost as a – you know, uh, uh, someone in the crowd as much as I am the guy on stage. It, but that's only when I remember what you've said. This is not coming from me. I'm not, yeah. the, you know, th- there's a quote in Big Magic. I can't remember the girl that wrote it, but um, uh, where she says, it's a book, it's kind of about creativity. I think that's what it's called. But she said, one of the biggest problems that happened, I'm going to paraphrase this into oblivion, but um, <laughs> she said, one of the biggest problems that happened in the creative space is when, like, because back in the old classical music days, there was this weird sort of understanding, this deistic thing where it was like, uh, even the way they talked about it, like, I didn't write this, I was kind of given this. And right. so mm-hmm. when a piece was celebrated, they really did say, like, what a oh, divine, divine moment. Yeah. Like that's yeah. and, and Beethoven, Bach, whoever would sort of sidestep right. and go like, isn't that that's great? So and they good. could go, yes. And it was like this collaborative God, that's so good. feeling. Yep. Uh, and, and, you know, she just makes this beautiful point, like, man, as that got chipped away and it turned into like, John wrote this amazing piece of art, and we celebrate John. Yeah, well, Not only did man. it take away God's thing, but it dysfunctioned John and, and you know, to death. Because now, John, you made that. And so not only now, if it's I, great. I do have some songs that I'm pretty sure God would <laughs> be do. like, that was all you wrote. <laughs> Whoa. But I think, what was it? God you know, by a different name? What is, what is the what is it? What's from the Indian album? God of a different name. God by a different oh, name. Praying to the wrong God. Praying to the wrong God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm writing that song today. God by a different name. Um, yeah. So one of the things that so so one of the things I wanted to ask you, it's sort of in this space is like, how do you deal with giftedness as a pastor? Man, because um, you and I have talked some about we have yeah. You know, people come to you go write a book or yeah. You know, why don't you do this thing or mm-hmm. start a podcast or whatever the millions of things that you could be. Golly. And and again. Sure. Those things are not bad. Yeah, I yeah. want to say that it's clear as Especially the Dadville podcast. Not, this is, not bad. This is, I don't want, I hate the word anointed. Can talking I say about, that with a Talking pastor? about the divine. No, this but I mean, how, how do you is... deal with it? Because ours is different. This is where that space to John's inference earlier mm-hmm. and biblically, mm-hmm. those who teach are held to a different standard, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. So, so we can get away with things, quote unquote, yeah. that you can't because right. it's not the same space. It's when not seen in that, the same way. The, whatever, let's call it the Christian space. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to acknowledge your talent. Right, man, that's good. I so Joseph Patton, I, my worship leader, is one of my best friends. Um, we were talking about this the other day. I, I mean, not exactly. You and I have talked about this before, Dave. Um, we were talking about it a little bit differently, but he is very gifted. He's a songwriter here. He's a very gifted musician, yeah, but also awesome. like thoughtful in the worship service crafting and all that. But um, he's really good at what he does, and we love working together. It's one of my favorite parts of the week where we get to plan the service every week and 
try to encourage one another and man, you're really good at what you do and back and forth and all that. But one of the litmus tests for me and what you're talking about, Dave, of am I, am I believing the hype or am I like letting the, like the hype go to my head sort of thing is not even necessarily what I'm doing with it, but how many people in my world are asking and expecting me to be infinite, meaning they're asking me to like live without limits and I'm letting them and I'm doing, wow. it, you know, like they're expecting something from me in a capacity for me that only Jesus can do because he's infinite, like, and I can't do, but they're asking that of me because one, they believe I can fill that or satisfy that or help them or two, I've let them believe that about me. Like, I kind of want you to think that about me because I could solve your marriage. I could fix your problems. I can mm-hmm. preach a better sermon. Like I, I can do all that. And I had a moment a couple weeks ago, a couple was in for some counseling, going through a really hard thing. And they kind of laid out a really hard situation um, that they're in. And I felt in me the insecurity of, I need to say something profound right now. And I got nothing. Wow. And I would think that that thought would occur to you uh, 12 times a day. It it happens a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, it happens a lot. It's happening right now. Um, Keep going. But, you can do this. But I think that what I, I literally did, I was like, hey, guys, what y'all are in is really, really hard. And I don't necessarily – I don't. I literally said I don't have any quick fix or, like, magic words to give you. But um, your anxiety, your fear, um, I can't hold, but I know the one who can. So I'm just going to read some psalms. Like, we just – I spent 20 Jeez. minutes just – we're just going to read some Psalms together because I was like, I don't have divine words for you, but he does. Mm. And so let's read them together. And that, that was my pastoral counseling for them was we're That's just going to read the Psalms together. And so I think when, but I'm feeling that moment of, I have to have something profound to say because that's what they expect of me. And that's what I expect of me. Yeah, yeah. That's starting to dip in in a subtle way to I'm, I, I'm kind of, I'm the guru here. And so you're mm-hmm. right to come to the guru. Cause I kind of am the one. And I just think that, again, back to your point, John, a, a little bit ago about <laughs> I, I'm always capable of blowing my life up is like, if that is not the mentality, um, then I will believe I'll, I'll take every book deal that gets offered. I'll, I'll take every speaking engagement. I'll do every podcast that I'm just getting blown up for, you know, all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. that is, I just think that there's a, if I want to believe the hype, it, there will be no resistance to that. That's a great you know? way to put that. And is there I, mean, I have so many questions I could ask you is there so part of your job is speaking mm-hmm. and then a big chunk of your job is what you're describing now like meeting with people mm-hmm. counseling basically mm-hmm. is there anything that you think about that you're like if I could just somehow I can't say this to everybody but if if I could like flip a switch mm-hmm. And everyone would know this about what it's like to be me. It would mm. make it easier. Oh man, that is a great question. I don't know if I've, I would maybe want to think about. That. If I've only got one shot, I want to think about that. It would be some version of what you're talking about, Dave. Like how you why why y'all's fans really connect with y'all. Like to really let people know. Like I, I really don't have all the answers. I really am just one of y'all. Like we're all kind of stumbling into grace together. Like I'm, when I first got this job at Midtown 12 South, uh, I was 29 and in way over my head. And then we, we exploded in growth really quickly. And I was kind of drowning in the, like the fear of this is getting too big, too fast. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and I've got part of my own church hurt 
deals with a former boss that 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 had a big crash and burn and in that same scenario anyway i remember i went to lunch with a pastor friend here in town and was kind of expressing the pressure of that and the fear of that and he was like dude you just need to be a christian Hmm. be a christian that talks on sundays about what it's like to be a christian that's that is you know and he said, "You're not, you're not, you're not the chef. You didn't, you didn't make the food. You're a caterer that literally God. is just like coming to serve the food to the people. But like, it's not even your food. Just like, just get the people the food. And that has like, I, so I wish people would just know, like, hey, kind of, I do believe the Lord's given me a gift to do this. I, I don't believe that makes me kind of like you were talking about, like in the old days with people's art. Like, th- I'm just the one the Lord chose to give this yeah. gift to. I didn't do anything to make this gift spectacular. I just." I'm just trying to give you digestible gospel steak mm-hmm. every week. And he, he's letting me serve it to you. That's I, He's not even like having me grill it. He's just like letting me come serve it to you. And so I'm a, I'm a gifted caterer. Like I can bring the food from the kitchen to the front and he's let me do that. Um, so maybe some version of that, like, hey, there really isn't any like magic sauce um, here. It just is, I, I get to. I get to do this and I love doing yeah. it. And he's given me a gift to do what he's called me to do. Much like y'all, like John, I've heard you say before, if you couldn't play piano, you really don't know what you would do professionally. Cause that's about like you, you're gifted, but that's the only one. That's it. That's, that's, that's it. it. <laughs> and I, I feel that way. Like I, I hope this works out. Cause I, I'm good with people. I, I love, you know, I can laugh and be relational, but like when it comes to like vocational giftedness, I got one kind of one thing and right. I hope this works. Cause I don't know what I'm going to do if this doesn't work sort of yeah. thing. I kind of, some version of that is what I would want to say to the people. Uh-huh. It's hard though when they see you up front and you're the guy, so you must have all the answers. You must have all the spiritual, you know, epiphanies. So when I come, I, this happens a lot at 12 South. And if you're a 12 South listener, I'm not angry at y'all for thinking this way, but people want pastoral care. They want to meet with me and my assistant has to deal with this primarily, but I'm currently, as of today's recording, I'm currently booked out two months out. Like all my meeting time is booked out. So when someone comes up on a Sunday and says, can we meet? I'm like, we can meet. It's going to be almost 10 weeks before like I got time on the calendar. And they're like, oh, well, I, I kind of need help right now. I'm like, well, then yeah. this is why we have elders. This is why we have small group leaders. This is why we have other pastors. They don't want to meet with them. Well, though. and two, don't you feel like, I think that's something that, that the congregation has to understand too, is like, because you're a really great communicator, mm-hmm. you may, and I'm not saying this about you, but I'm saying generally for pastors, that doesn't mean you're a great counselor. hundred percent. Yeah. You know, 100%, and I think yeah. like some, some of the, it, it, it's always been amazing to me how some churches you'll go to the session. Not yes. the pastor. Yes. The they're, session, the way be- they're way better. We'll come around the pastor and yeah. say, we're actually not going to let him counsel people because <laughs> yeah. it's not his skill set. Right. We actually mm-hmm. have counselors on staff or we have people on staff that are great with that. And we're protecting our pastor from something. He's just, that's not his. I've, one of my elders, my elders, my session believes that. And that, you know, I, I do pastoral counseling, but they don't believe I'm the only one that should be right. or I, that right. I'm even the best at it. One of my, pa- one of my elders is uh, an author. Jonathan Rogers, small plug. He's wonderful. He's got a podcast called The Habit. It's been great. On it, been on it. You have been on it. That's right. Um, I love that. He said a long time ago, and this the same. It's the same. The same truism for what you just said. But he said, you know, a lot of all the books that pastors are writing. He said a lot of great preachers don't make good writers. Hmm. And he said a lot of writers wouldn't make good public speakers. But he said a lot of preachers that end up writing books aren't great writers. And I said, are you saying I'm not a good writer? And he said, I didn't say you're a great preacher. <laughs> oh my god so but it's the same thing it's like just because you're good at this thing over here it doesn't mean you're automatically going to be good right at all the spiritual things so. right i have i have too many more questions we got to get to dad stuff but i have like, yeah 
more stuff. Well, you know, I'm a little offended though because I, I've listened to the podcast enough to know that you do, you know, the the rap sheet, the beginning of the yeah, intro, the brag sheet. The brag sheet. Yeah, and it's too much to talk about. We, yeah, yeah, it's just, just too much. Yeah, Listen, yeah. we could regale people about your Florida upbringings. <laughs> you know, we could talk about the amount of sermons you've preached, word counts. You know what I mean? Like, uh, sure. the, you don't we want. Could, you don't we want that. We could do. Um, the amount of growth your church has seen, sure, we can lean. We could that. do the amount of basketball you play. Oh, there we go. You, you know, could do the amount of offspring that I have. That, now that, let's well, get, let, look there, at that. Let's hone in Look on at that. what yeah. you just did. You have, I'll tell you my first question. You have five kids. That's correct. How are you? That's my first question. <laughs> Read the second question, too. Do you want to just take a nap right now and Dave and I can just talk about you? <laughs> You have five kids. Have five kids, and I, and I do want to say your kids are awesome. Thank you. I love your kids. Thank you. They love you. They love Mr. John. They fall asleep at night many nights to mood um, as their lullabies. It's great. What a Just great bunch of songs many nights? that is. Yeah, like, I thought it was every night. Well, uh, during we we have to. They need some kind of. Uh, it's fine. They Go need ahead. some kind of. Just, they do how need are some you? Christian, you know, thought as they fall asleep. All the mood songs are Christian songs. That's, that's true. <laughs> They are, I've, it's a Christian mood. It's I mean, that's Christian what I already told you. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's true. Um, it is an incredible. It, I've told John this before, but my anyway, my kids love you. Thank you. Uh, my kids love your kids. Um, we are in that stage. We got five kids, ten and younger. I do have amazing kids, and I really mean that. I've got an amazing wife who is an amazing mom. Um, and in the last decade, since we started having children, my wife. We've also had three miscarriages. So in the last decade, my wife has been pregnant eight times. Mm. We calculated, you know, a during this last pregnancy, in the last decade, I, I, it's something ridiculous. I don't remember the exact number. It was like there's been like six months total that my wife has not either been pregnant or breastfeeding in the last decade. Oh, my god! So when you talk about like, am I tired? We've got great kids. I don't know how we would do it if we didn't have great kids. Yeah. Um, we are in that phase right now, though. My youngest, Joni, is eight weeks old. Um, eight weeks old tomorrow. Wow. We're in that phase, though. I think I said this to you, John, or I said it to our small group. We're in that phase where if parents could remember this phase, they would never have another child. Yep. Oh, like, bro. this is the stretch where you're mm-hmm. like, what, what are we? Why, ooh, why? And then you get amnesia about this stage, and yep. we've forgotten about it four times, apparently. Um, <laughs> so... But it is like, oh yeah, this is the stretch that like makes you not ever want to do this again. Yeah, just the sleep, and we haven't had easy newborns. They're just they cry, colicky. My wife is. I, I wish you just stopped at cry. Yeah. They cry. <laughs> oh, it's so annoying. How did y'all cry? Get them to not cry. Did y'all cry? It's like every single one. Could you imagine just... how disturbed you would be if you had a kid and you're like rocking it and it's just staring it at never, you? It never, never like, made a pee. Uh... That actually be more. Yeah. It's like a I think my child like seventeen. That's just what you get. They're like, ah, another deal, man. Just yeah. like if you give me a little food at some point today, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I did have a doctor say to me recently, my uh, that my physical I had a couple weeks ago. He was asking me like, how's life with five, and telling him it's hard. And he said, you know, babies never cried from babies never died from crying. So you can just leave that baby if you need a break. Just leave it, let it cry <laughs> for a little bit. And it's not you're like, like can I get that? Britt is going to need to see <laughs> that in writing. Just from really a medical think. professional. And could you, is there a notary, <laughs> is there a notary in the building? We could just really <laughs> solidify that. <laughs> we are well. We're in chaos. We love our kids. My wife talks about the difference between happy chaos and like chaotic chaos. Yeah, like, yeah. The, like it's okay that like the house is chaotic when kids are playing and all that. But sometimes it's just like the chaos that is like everybody's melting down. There's messes everywhere. There's dishes in this, that kind of we're, we're, 
it's a lot of that yeah. these days. Really, really dumb question, but I, I want to ask it all the same. What is the difference between five and three? Great question, man. Um, the old Jim Gaffigan bit that everybody yeah, knows, yeah. you know, <laughs> what's so like great. that five, imagine you're drowning and someone hands you a baby, <laughs> is I don't think he was joking. Yeah. Like, I, that's actually what it feels like. Because three to four, you feel like whatever semblance of control we thought we had. is Yeah, okay. Like, four is like, it's like, there is no rest for the weary. It's like, there is, we're losing all the time. There's someone crying, someone up in the middle of the night. Someone, like, the four is like, oh, boy. Um, and then you go, wait, wait, there's no possible way we could, like... <laughs> We're already drowning, and yeah. you want me to sustain another life. Like, yeah. I don't know. I did say a couple weeks ago to somebody, the hardest part about five kids is the other four. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, the, we're, that is, that, that, it's a lot. But again, like you said, John, we have amazing kids, and I, it's not like because our kids are so hard, it's just a lot of humans, um, a lot of chaos. I mean, with five kids, there would be just some. So many logistical things. Like my yeah. brother has five kids, mm -hmm. and I'm always thinking, like, you you just took most of the vehicles that are made <laughs> off the table for you. Yeah. You have to have like an eight seater, one of these, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. at least. Yeah, and like you go to like you could think of like the cheapest restaurant. It's still going to be like a hundred bucks or something. We were at Taqueria last night. It's 115 bucks. Taqueria is the cheapest eat in the neighborhood. And I can't get out of there for less. Is than, that something yeah. where when you are pregnant with your fifth, you go to your session and you're like, <laughs> um, so I may have overstepped something here, guys. Um, yeah. I'm the... looking at the bylaws and I realize that past four kids actually have to get approved. Uh, yeah. I actually get an <laughs> indefinite raise every month for, yeah. but the, um, uh, I, my kids, Esther is 10, Winton is eight, Tilly is four and a half, Oakland is two, and then Joni is eight weeks. I got four girls and a boy. I will say in the chaos, I love being a girl dad. I, I do think having four girls at this stage is different than if it was like yeah. five boys or you know even four boys is like we, we have, there is some, a little bit more calm that comes with the girls and just in terms of like energy level, bounce off the walls and stuff, but this is a confession. This is like, hey, I hope, you know, people that go to 12 South won't leave the church if they hear this story. But well, you actually need to free up some space. We need to free up some space. I was going to so say, yeah, yeah, I'll confess. We'll, get we'll lead dark. with this, actually. This, yeah. is, this is my life with five kids and the the pain of it and the like, oh, man, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be able to give every kid what they need. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to give any of them, but what they truly need, but like five, the, the, the idea that I could be enough for everybody is yeah, like off the table. Yeah. So this past Friday, uh, baby Joni slept through the night for the first time in eight weeks on Thursday night. Amazing. It was great. It was kind of like, Oh, have we like, okay, maybe we're entering the new phase. Yeah. Wife and I made my wife a drink. We were kids go to bed, which still bedtime takes forever now. Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit later, but like, we haven't watched a show together in yeah. eight weeks. So yeah. let's watch a show. We watched the new Nate Bargatze special on Amazon. It was great. Um, and it was great. It was like 11 o'clock later than we would normally Boy, go to bed. You are rolling some serious dice there. Well, I know, but it was like, we want, I want to like be with my wife. I want to like started it at 11. No, 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 no. That's when we, like it was done. We're going okay. to bed. Okay. Um, crazy night though. There were some gunshots in the neighborhood. And so there was a cop driving by in our, like shining a spotlight in people's yards, kind of freaked us out. Like what's going on? So, Night going to bed kind of starts a little chaotic, but we're hoping baby stays asleep. I'm like, maybe we can still get a good night's sleep. A little stressful, like cops in the neighborhood, gunshots, but we're okay. About an hour end of trying to go to bed, haven't fallen asleep yet, four-year-old gets up, 
had a bad dream. Daddy, be come lay with me. Go upstairs, lay with her. 30 minutes later, she comes back down. Another bad dream. Okay. Now we're. Thought I was going to get a good, good night's sleep tonight. But oh, no, now, just yeah. what you inferred with just those two words. Yeah. Now we're. Yeah. So then it's it's 1 a.m. I'm finally coming downstairs. I haven't slept at all. And I'm thinking, baby is sleeping. Maybe we can all get a night's sleep. Especially my wife. Really want her to get a good night's sleep. An hour later, toddler, four year old comes down again. And I'm. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. having a problem now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like stomping out of my room like, sweet girl, you, I forbid you to leave your room again. <laughs> um, so uh, I pick her up and I go, sweetie, what is going on? Like what? And she goes, daddy, I threw up. Uh, so I go, oh, sweetie. So she's been sick. That's why she keeps getting out like, of bed. where? Yeah. So I said, where did you throw up? She said, all down the hallway, walking down. You're like, that's fine. Just as long bed. as it wasn't your bed. Just yeah. go get back yeah. Mommy will deal with it in the morning. <laughs> so I pick her up. Did you tell one of your siblings that they awake? They... So I pick her up as I'm walking up the stairs. Oh, here we go. Power goes out in the whole house. Drunk oh. driver had hit a power line over in our part of the neighborhood. What is and Where do you I'm live? Like, I know. I live a block from y'all. Yeah. Y'all, y'all live it's on It's another the, world it, on that side It is. Well. It really is. <laughs> Listen, man. But, but no, literally. So the power's off. I can't see the throw up now. Like, I, oh, like, there's no, there's no lights. So I like, I'm like, oh my God. I have to go wake my wife up. I'm like, babe, I need oh, you to Elliot. come. She's like, I'm not touching throw up. I got a baby. I'm not. I'm like, you're right. So I got to clean up all the throw up in the dark, get her on a pallet. I'm sleeping on a love seat in our playroom. I did not close my eyes to fall asleep until almost 5 a.m. that night. Oh. And so I'm like, that night, okay, but wait, it gets better. Cause, so that night's a night that is, is very bad. The next morning, it's 7 a.m., my precious son, he's You're just seven, finishing your devotions. Just finished my prayer time that morning. Um, he comes in, he's like, oh, Dad, you slept in the playroom. I'm like, hey, good morning. I'm like, hey, buddy. I'm like, I'm just really, really tired. I'm like, can you go downstairs and like watch a show Do whatever or you want. He goes, <laughs> he goes, Dad, it's my birthday. Oh no. my no. gosh! I was like, "Buddy, I I know, am gotcha, so gotcha." Sorry. So he goes downstairs. You like throw up, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how you throw a party. Have you ever thrown up a party? <laughs> so he goes downstairs. Britta is. He goes to like wake mommy up. Wait, he just wants to sit. Hold on, I just want to sit in that moment for a second, dude. It was. If anybody asks. What it's like having five That's children. That's what I'm saying. I can't tell you how much that moment. Yes. It, this like, is why I told the story. Again, yes. you're, I just, just I want to repaint it just because it makes it that much more potent. You are just finally getting to sleep. Two hours in, you're like, oh, here we go. It's happening. He comes in. Yes. Dad. Oh, gosh, you slept. That's so sweet to acknowledge. Yeah, like, Dad, slept in the, yeah, yeah. He's the sweetest. He's the sweetest. John, he is the most precious like, boy in the world. look, you get your rest, but you have also <laughs> 15 more hours to wake up to, wake up to my birthday. Oh, if you sleep 16, you'll wake up the day he's after like, my also, birthday. Also, just let me remember. I, just, I don't know if you remember me. I'm one of your children. No, that that's it. He's like, oh, my dad. So he goes downstairs. Britta's also exhausted. What are you doing? I'm feeling like a terrible dad. I mean, just the worst. Like I just. Didn't. But you also like I'm gonna go back to sleep. But I'm also like, could, I was like, hey, could, but could you not tell anyone else to like could you just not wake the house up, please? But Brie goes. Your up, birthday Brit- present is a rested daddy <laughs> at noon. I'll see you in five hours. Two if it goes real well. Britta does the same thing. He wakes mommy up. She's had like <sighs> we. It was. It, there were cut to therapy. It was twelve years later. It was, and he's crying now, in the room. In my defense, which I have to validate myself here for. But no, you. I don't think you need to. I think your pedigree well, up until this point is we pretty. Had, we had done his birthday presents the night before. He'd had a birthday party a couple weeks ago. It's not like we didn't. It was like 
we had done his birthday. It was just like it was actually his actual birthday. Yeah, yeah. Of course, he wanted his dad to say happy birthday, buddy. I'm so glad this is the yeah. day you were born. Yeah, I was taking him to Jenny's to do ice cream for breakfast on his birthday. It was awesome, but like. I didn't acknowledge. I I didn't wish my son happy birthday. That's what it's like to have five kids. Yeah. Is so. What did you do? What did you do about the throw up? I got the flashlight on my phone out and just was wiping for forty five minutes. That that that. That's hey, five kids. This is Dadville. So we're yeah. gonna, I think at some point we have to acknowledge this thing. I think maybe I said this one of our previous previous episodes, but um, it's crazy. You know this two more times than I do with five. It's crazy. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful that in that moment. There was probably numerous moments you're not even thinking, I'm sitting here clean throw up. You're just going, no. okay. And maybe your mind want. Th- that's the crazy there thing is about no parenting, other option. isn't this it? This is just what. That's the thing. Yeah. And like realizing that, and man, shout out to the grandparents out there. Right, right, if, right. If I, I think like as a parent, if there's anything that I have start, I've started to understand is how thankless a job it is oh, being man. a parent and how mm-hmm. we are serving all three of us all day. Not all day. They're in school. Yeah. But, you know. On, on weekends or something, you know, you're serving most of your life these mm-hmm. little kids who are wildly unthankful for it and, totally. and not even being mean about it. Right. Like, yeah, I'm no. not saying they're being jerks. They're like, yeah, yeah this is, and the sky's blue. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, yeah, like, up yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's just weird when yeah. I, I and, and I say all that to say this, to your point about clean and throw up, 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 up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> throw up squared. That's I, uh, that's right. <laughs> which, dot com. I, uh, <laughs> send us your Beck's vomit pictures, you know. Um, it's like hot or not. You rate it. That's got five pukes, two pukes. Um, but like, you know, I just had a moment the other day where something like that had happened. And I just, I, it's so, this kind of lucidity is very rare for me. I was so in the moment that I literally stopped and I was like, I do this all the time. Annie does this all the time. Isn't Mm -hmm. it weird that I'm just in by God's grace, I'm so used to it that I yeah. don't. Every time you sit to clean vomit, son of a yeah, all day. I can't believe I have to do this. You're just it's like, like here yeah, we go. This is what I, this Isn't is what that I, crazy? And like it, I've written. You've had to write that check so many times that it still costs you something, but you don't really think it's like yeah. It's like this is what I, I have to pay my water bill every month. It's like you just I yeah. It, in order to like survive and sustain life, it's just the, the check you have to write. So it's like do. dealing with your spouse and like the back and forth in conversations or arguments, you're like, I, I've had to like learn what humility is, not always perfectly, but like I have to like learn how to engage and listen. And that can feel when you're like single and 24, like how would I ever do that for 50 years before you get married? You're like, Oh, but this, like this is just what you do to be, this yeah. is what it means to be in a relationship. Like you have to say, I'm sorry. You have to own what you've done. You have to learn how to listen and re-listen all that. Same with cleaning up throat. It's like, I never thought, College me would have had no idea that like right. you're gonna be cleaning up throw up and it's not even you're not even really gonna be thinking about yeah, it. Yeah. You're just gonna be like, yeah. this is what I have to do. Dave. Yours was so Bobby McFerrin. I just that I've was been, really good. Yeah, thank you. Oh, I'm really proud of that. Um, do you hear that? Not that, but do you hear that? The other that. Oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I left my huh. espresso machine on. Yeah. No, I tell you, I I could fall asleep to that sound every night. Well, listen, then, boy, John, do I have a podcast for you? Oh, go the on. Twelve Hour Sound Machine podcast is exactly that. Ooh. You can get sound machines that help you slow your thoughts and reduce anxiety. Great for stressed out parents, mm-hmm. and sound machines that help you escape a busy and distracted world. Great for well, everyone. <laughs> it was created by a dad who couldn't find any sounds that would play long enough to last through a whole night of his baby sleeping. 
and we're completely free of interruptions, loops, or fading in and out. The most popular sound machines are white noise, pink noise, and brown noise. Which one do you think would be best if you had to choose for you, John? See, I'm more of a plaid noise guy. Oh. My high school was the Highland Scots. I get that. Right? Uh -huh. But maybe I could set up several speakers and play different sound machines at once. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. I see they also have hair dryer, Ooh. box fan, mm -hmm. air conditioner, and vacuum sound machines. All Genius. Of, all of those were nicknames for me when I was playing the drums. They're like fidget toys for your ears, John. Something passive, something constant, something calming and familiar. All of that helps when focusing, calming down, steadying, etc. That's true. And I cannot wait to check it out at 12hoursoundmachines.com or search wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number 12hoursoundmachines.com. And get some rest already. Well, I always think about like when you're at the beginning of a relationship, like when you're like dating, you know what I mean? Like it's all, it, it, this is the best way that I could explain it to somebody who doesn't have kids who, who hears the story that you're just telling, which is, it's not like you're not exhausted and all, all the things while it's happening, but like, like think of the things that you would do when you are just at the beginning of your, like my relationship with Amy. Like there were, there was this one time when like I had like, I had been up all night one night driving back with the band from someplace and I get back to Indiana and I immediately got in the car and I drove through the night yes. again yes. to Pittsburgh. Just because, to see her. Just to see Amy. Yeah. Like, I love it. Now, if you were like, hey, do you want to stay up all night tonight and then stay up all night tomorrow night? I would be like, there is not an amount of money you could pay me to do that. But at the time, I was like, this is just what I'm going to do Dude. because I want to be with Amy. It's like, that's it's the that, best it's way. That's a great way. To, yeah. But that's, there's also the, like, to sustain that, it's like you have to really just always, always, always keep your expectations in check. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. when it comes to bedtime, which is the hardest part of the day, it's going to be a thing. I have to just say like for the next two hours or not even the next two hours, just indefinitely, mm -hmm. I'm going to be a dad. Yep. I can't think like, no, Amy and I are going to hang tonight and I'm going <laughs> to make, you know, no other expectations. Yeah, 100%. If, if, I, if I keep that expectation of being a dad, then that, then I've got a shot. It's true. It's really true. And like, but I'm, and because of love, you're like willing to write the check. It's right. Like, this, I, I want to do this. I'm, I'm and, willing to do and, this. And I can't say this enough. Again, this podcast is called Dadville. The amount of joy, and oh, here we man. go cheesy, but it's true. Yeah. And satisfaction and purpose mm -hmm. I get from that. Yes. I remember before we had kids, and again, I'm not saying everybody has to have kids at all. This podcast is called Dadville, so we have mm. a lean here. Yeah. Right. If you want to be a guest. There's a tell. But like I remember me, just me personally, the way I made I remember this so well, sitting with Annie one night and you know, we were watching a show, probably Downton Abbey back in mm. the day. And I remember turning to her and saying, I love this and mm. I'm so thankful we can sit and do this. I can't do this the rest of my life. Right. There's gotta be something mm -hmm. more. Mm -hmm. You know? And and for us, a lot of that is kids. Mm. It do, like it's not a huh, you're scrubbing the floor. Right. There, there is, is something that I sleep better having done, having provided for my kids, having served my kids during the day. It gives me so much sense of purpose and satisfaction. Sacrificial yeah. love for someone who is totally dependent on you is really satisfying. Yeah, even though it's sacrificial, so true. it takes something so out of true. you. But it's like I am I am poured out. But I'm not wiped out. That's right. Look at you. You know. Look at you trying to Look get trying you. to be a podcast. Hey, I do. I did want to ask though. Like earlier, when I was saying 
everything that I was just saying about expectations on this mm-hmm. stuff. Are are you in the back of your mind thinking like you got two kids. Dude. What do you? What do you even know? I, I always think for people cut, who have cut to yeah. you and Britta talking later. Yeah, as you're making peanut butter steak, your ninth yeah. peanut butter steak. So John, John, no, no, this is what he said. I just want to he- listen to this exact quote. I don't think. I do think honestly. Like there's uh, lots of people at Midtown who just have one. I think that about people with one. Like the first, you think like, oh, this is the hardest I've ever. Right. Oh my god. Um, yeah, I'm like, yeah, y'all don't, you don't, you don't know anything. You, you, you guys don't. have two parents for every one kid. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll also say, I don't think it nearly as much about people that have made it through like the toddler phase, which you're on the other side of that two times over. Yep. That phase of like, you know, I'm dealing with a terrorist. Yeah. Like I, this is anyone who's survived that with one or two. I'm like, oh, you, you get it. Like yeah. this is, you know, it's like that world is. I don't feel any kind of like superiority. I feel it with you in some other ways, but not about sure. the number of sure. number of children. So I've yeah. got I've got one more question okay. before we do our last one. I can't speak for John, but this, I've got a, this I've is, got another one. Too. Um, oh, go ahead. One thing I do want to ask about with you again, and you may have already addressed this, so don't feel like you have to rehash this, but what are the things that you think are especially tricky or you fear about your profession and your kids? I've actually talked with John and Amy about this when we've been on some double dates and she's been really good about speaking into this as a pastor. Oh, yeah, right, kid. right, right. Um, Amy. Yeah. yeah. Um, there is like a, hey, I, because of my sin, the ways that I will have already and will continue to sin against you, but also because I represent, not just as your dad, but as the pastor of the church, like how you might view Jesus uh, or how you will view Jesus. I don't want you to write Jesus off because of your dad's failings. Wow. And Jeez. like, don't like, don't hold it against Jesus that your dad didn't, didn't love you the way, didn't provide for you the way, didn't show up for the way, you know? And I'm, I, I don't think I'm like cosmically failing at that, but it, I know I am failing at that. And so there is like this, you're going to have it intertangled, intertwined to believe, man, maybe Jesus isn't who everybody says he is. Cause my dad talked about Jesus a lot and he wasn't, you know, he didn't love me the way that I needed to be loved. Um, and again, no one's saying that. That's that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Kurt Thompson, yeah, yeah. y'all's yeah. other guest who I love. Like that's shame talking. That's mm-hmm. even future shame talking. It hasn't even happened yet. But yeah. I'm 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 fearful of that. Um, read something the other day that was talking about how often do we reprimand our kids? Uh, how often do we like correct our kids for things that they're doing that are merely just oh like mirrors oh. of things that we've shown them? Forget about like it. you know. It's yeah. like forget about. I'm disciplining you because yeah. you're doing exactly what I've shown you to do. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and, and it's and it's like doubly uh, the angst is is yeah two it's times like I'm gonna crush this in you to hopefully crush it because I hated me totally yeah, yeah so that kind and that that being intertwined with how they may grow up and view the church or view Jesus is like man please don't so one of the things I've said before is like you, you all my all five of my kids may not grow up to love Jesus I hope you just don't like don't write Jesus off because of me yeah um, and I know that that may be even like that's part of that may be too much to ask like that. They will not be able to separate. Um, and that, that's part of it. Again, no one's doing that right now. My kids love Jesus to the degree that they can. They love going to church. Like it's good. I just, there's so many stories for sure, you know? And so it's yeah. the story is not necessarily reality. That's yeah. telling me to be afraid of that. But I, well, to encourage you, I think, you know, with, with my dad, um, I say this all the time. Cause people ask me, like, you, were you a crazy preacher kid? And none of us were there. Three of us. Right. Um, and we all are, are like, we believe in yeah. Jesus, all three mm-hmm. of us. 
um, and are involved in churches, which mm-hmm. is even more possibly yeah, yeah. miraculous, right? Totally. Like very involved. Not um, in your local church, but yeah. Let's define local. I think because um, <laughs> God sees the whole globe. Isn't that interesting? Um, and uh, so the, I, I think the thing that I would encourage you with is that I think what – and I think my siblings would say this too. The thing that dad did so well – is he and mom both lived just a really like functional faith, mm-hmm. and I think and I think in retrospect when I look because I had friends that were preachers' kids that were that that really struggled through some things, but dad just did this crazy. He and mom just had this ability when they came home they they lived it in front of us with no bells and whistles, so it wasn't like let's hide the whole thing or let's really double down on like making uh, all the big words feel. It was just like well it looks like they're kind of doing this thing that they really believe. And it's and it's just a part of our life, and it's how we make our decisions. How that, so for me, there was never this discrepancy because uh, it was always boots on the ground. It was just kind of like this is what we do, this so is good. how we live. Mm-hmm. Man, not to make everything biblical, but that's kind of my job. Um, the Psalm one twenty seven, short Psalm, but it, it's captured me in the last couple months since having our fifth. Talks about unless the Lord builds a house, those Bro, who build it labor in vain. I've, I've thought about that song and so that much lately. So good. I was thinking about it first though. No, um, well, I'm older than you are. But, so. <laughs> but the, he goes on to talk about you know it is in vain that you rise up early and go to bed late, eating the bread of anxious toil. Like, and you can kind of start to think like he's talking about your vocation or your job or like what you do. And then he says at the end of verse two, uh, he gives to his beloved sleep. The Lord gives to his beloved sleep, to which I go well. Then I guess the Lord must hate me these days because. <laughs> um, but then. Verses three through five is all about being a father. Like it's all about children. Like blessed is the man who's, yeah, who's yeah. like quiver is full of the arrows of his children yeah, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And the fruit of the womb is a blessing. Like it's all about, oh, the first two verses about unless the Lord builds a house and those who build it labor in vain or like it is in vain that you rise up early and go to bed late eating the bread of anxious toil is all about in relationship to being a parent. Like mm-hmm. how much anxiety you can have over this call and this vocation to be a dad, to be a mom. And then you start, and then he gets to the very end and he says, essentially a version of those who know that the Lord is building their house, uh, they sit at the gate with their enemies and they're unafraid. Hmm. And like, so I think about, I'm afraid of the enemy saying the taunt of your kids are going to hate Jesus because you, you can, it's like, yeah. but if the Lord's building the house, I can sit at the gate and be unafraid because this is like, he's the one I, I can go to bed and not lose sleep over this because this is the Lord's house, right. not mine. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. great. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Okay. I've got just one last question okay. before we, we do our last two. And I think about this with pastors, especially, but anybody who's sort of in that Christian world, do you feel like m- me personally with, with my faith, I have had, I've got way more questions than I have answers. And I love that about you. And I have, I I have the freedom to, to have all those questions. Right. I mean, for, for, for a lack of a better way of explaining this, but like I have ways where I can, I can pick things up and be like, well, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And I, I don't know how that is for you. I, I see you and I'm like, I don't know if Elliot has that freedom. Mm-hmm. I, for me personally, yeah. you have that freedom right, for right. me. Yeah, yeah. But I could imagine that you don't feel like you have that freedom to sort of wrestle with everything um, publicly or privately or whatever. Like, do you do you feel like you have to kind of keep all that in check or behind the curtain? Off the top of my head, I don't feel that way. I think we have a healthy church that, like, I don't, I'm not expected to or demanded to have all the answers. And maybe 
live with all the certainty that people want to believe is there. Um, there are some things I, I'm, I believe to be true and I'm certain about scripturally, but this idea that like everything is up in the air, um, or I have to, ha- I have to, I have to be certain about these things. And I can't question anything. I don't feel that pressure publicly or privately. I, and I think that hopefully is what some people are drawn to about our church. And I hope how I will even like raise my kids is in the knowledge of this mysterious thing we call mm-hmm. faith and this mysterious thing called the Trinity and this like crazy idea of the incarnation and the resurrection. Like I don't understand all these things, but just because I can't understand them all doesn't mean I can't know them. Hmm. And I think that there's like a, that like mystery of faith in that, like scripture is clear about these things. That doesn't mean I understand them. That also doesn't mean I don't have a ton of questions. Um, but I'm okay. I'm okay in that tension. I don't feel, I think if you had asked me like in high school, if oh, you're going to be a pastor one day, you're going to need to have all these answers about all these things. I would have felt that hypothetical pressure. I don't mm-hmm. feel it right now. Um, and I think that, people at our church, if they demand those things, they don't stay very long, you know, like yeah. they yeah. we're not that kind of place necessarily, but, right. um, no, I haven't, I haven't felt that. Good. Isn't yeah. it funny yeah. what that infers? Like I listen to you talking, I'm like, if we believe at all that there's a God, mm-hmm. surely we can't know everything. <laughs> right. yeah. Like, I mean, just at a base level, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like right. we're really assuming that as things he's created, mm-hmm. we're going to be like, no, we didn't know everything. Yeah, yeah. Like right. that's, you're already... And I, I struggle with that. I'm, yeah. telling, I'm not saying that as someone whose hands aren't dirty with that. But yeah. but sometimes a little lucidity, I, I go, oh, yeah, why in the world do I think I need to know everything? Right. Like, but what is faith? Yeah. that we feel in certain rooms. Like, we can feel certain things. We can mm-hmm. say certain things in, a sm- in our small group mm-hmm. or w- at lunch with yeah. a certain person. That we can't, if we heard those same ideas on Sunday morning, it rubs people the wrong way. I realize we're being abstract right now, but no, no, I think you're that right. general sense of that yeah. sort of well, I think even is... in the in like the mysterious relationship between like faith and certainty and those things, it's almost like what people really want to know is like that guy maybe doesn't have certainty about all the answers, but he's not afraid. Yeah. Like he's okay because the things he is certain about, like yeah, those things. You know, it's kind of what you're saying, like God the Maker. Why would I think the the finite would have infinite knowledge of anything? Mm. But I know there is an infinite one, and he does, so I'm okay. Like, I yeah, don't have to right. know it all. That's right. What, uh, who was it? It wasn't Descartes, but some... Dave Barnes. It was De, De, <laughs> Dave... Dave Barnes. That's the Hebrew pronunciation. Descartes, Dave Barnes. Dave Barnes. Some philosopher around the time of the Enlightenment basically said, and I'm going to botch it, I'm sure, but like, faith has reasons which reason, which reason knows nothing of. Mm. Like, I... It doesn't have to be all like logically concluded that I fully understand this now, but yeah, or no, the heart has reasons which reason knows nothing of. Like I, I don't have to be able to explain all this. I just uh, by faith I can know that these things are true. Actually, that's what Hebrews eleven talks about a lot. Which this little word in Hebrews eleven over and over is, by faith we understand. And it's like wait, wait, faith and understanding those two things go together. Uh-huh. By faith we understand this. By faith we understand this. That like. I may not get to a logical understanding of all this, but I, by faith that I can understand the mystery of it. Yeah. But anyway, I'm yeah, preaching now. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what we pay to do. I don't. John yeah. Does. Do you tithe? I don't know. <laughs> Yearly. Yeah. Every couple of years. <laughs> it's going to come out. Okay. So we we always end Dadville with two questions. Yes. I'll ask you the first one. Okay. What is the one thing you want your kids to know? Oh man, man, I knew you were going to ask a question <laughs> like this, and I, it still chokes me up, man. Um. Poof. 
We can edit out the thoughtful silence, can't we? <laughs> yeah, that's what makes it. Or good. we can extend it. <laughs> or we can <laughs> double it. We can do whatever <laughs> we want. Not a three-hour interview. Yeah. <laughs> I want us. I mean, the first thing is that I love them very much, but that's actually maybe not the biggest thing. I think I want them to know that there's a king and a kingdom that they belong to that is unshakable. Like they, you're a part of a story that's so much bigger than this little life, and in that kingdom there is so much dignity and so much value and so much meaning and so much beauty. They're like, I hope you know your dad loves you. I hope you know the king loves you even more. Man, I, I wish I wish I would have thought about how to say that in a in a like concise way because there is it's almost like, hey, I want I want you to know you belong in this family, but like you're gonna I almost want to like set you up to go like explore and create beauty in the world. And you're not going to be able to like leave this launch pad unless like you know there's a there's like something bigger than just your family right. loves you. That's a great way. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, love that. So okay, last question. What do you want, Esther, Winton, Tilly, Oakland, and Joni to say at your funeral? Man, thank you for knowing all the names. I can't believe those are like I know like 28 names and <laughs> five of them are your kids. It's got taken. <laughs> say at my funeral. Tilly, my four-year-old the other night going to bed, said, Dad, I had a dream that you die soon. And I was like, Tilly, what? I said, it was kind of sweet because I said, well, were you sad? And she goes, well, no, I knew I'd see you again, Oh, which was oh, amazing. Um, <laughs> Interesting, though, that the dream wasn't that you died. Yeah, died it soon. It was that you, that you will die soon. You will die soon, yeah, yeah. And I was like, weren't you a little sad? Like there's a little, could you be a little She's sad? She's like real talk. Me and mama talked about this <laughs> and we love your energy. It's just a lot of space and we could use a yeah. little more space. I think, I'm okay. i foosball table. So. <laughs> Do you have a will, dad? What? Uh, Can you up it soon? Because so, it's not right. Oof. Side note about Tilly. Do we have three minutes for you to tell, tell one? Yeah. Um, Tilly is a crazy story about Tilly. You can use the story or not, but it is, it is a deep dad place in me. And I say this in terms of, I want to connect it back to what she said. And then I'll answer the funeral question. Cause it does all relate to that. But we all, my wife had had two of her three miscarriages and then we got pregnant with Tilly. And then uh, about eight or 10 weeks into that pregnancy, we were in Chicago for Thanksgiving and Britta started bleeding profusely. We knew it was going to be a third miscarriage. We go to the ER, you know, I'm sure this is another round. It's not going to happen. So we go in, they take a, like, they're like, Hey, the baby's probably dying or is at least dead, mm-hmm. but mom isn't stopping her bleeding. So we've got to do something like, you're not just going to, we can't just maybe wait for this baby to pass. We've got to actually do something about it. So let's send you back for an ultrasound into the like delivery area. So we can kind of see where the baby is. Cause we might have to go like get the baby out oh, like right now. So we go back and they show us on the ultrasound, they find the baby. I've never seen this on all. I've seen a lot of ultrasounds in my day. Mm-hmm. Uh, this baby does a like 360 loop, like like a flip in in utero. And the ultrasound tech was like, I've never seen that before. Like this baby's like alive and dancing and happy and jumping up and down. Like what is this? And I was like, this baby's alive and excited to be alive. Like what are we talking about? So we roll back to the ER and they're like, Hey, we know that we know that you saw a live baby. Mom's bleeding too much. It was so much blood. Mom's bleeding so much we have to abort the baby tonight. Like Holy or, cow. Or mom's going to die. Like we mm. can't, we can't let this baby. So we're like freaking out. Britta's like, I don't want to die tonight, but I don't, like, we can't abort the baby. Like what are we, you know, it was, it was awful. They call an OB. It's like midnight or 2 a.m. at this point. They call an OB on call who happens to be coming to the hospital for delivery. 
she delivers a baby and then comes down and sees us and like, all right, look, we, we know you're bleeding a lot, mom, baby may or may not make it, but like, why don't you go home, get out of a high stress ER room, go get in bed. If you stop bleeding by the morning, we might be okay. But if you're still bleeding in the morning, we're gonna have some really hard decisions to make. So we go home, Britta stops bleeding, but she's got to be on bed rest for the next, you know, six months. Um, and we have sweet Tilly and there's a whole reason where Tilly gets her name. Her name's Talitha, which comes from the story of the bleeding woman in Mark mm. chapter five, that Jairus's daughter was dying and Jesus gets interrupted by a bleeding woman. He finally makes it to Jairus's house. The daughter's dead. And Jesus says, no, she's not dead. She's sleeping. Everyone thought this baby was dead, but he says, Talitha Kumi, little girl, wake up. Um, so Talitha is her name. Anyway, that's Tilly's story. It's beautiful. A year and a half ago, we're reading uh, Jesus Storybook Bible to Tilly, and it's like, oh, we get to a page with Jesus on it, and, and that's Jesus. And she goes, Daddy, Mommy, that's not what Jesus looks like. We're like, she's like, I've met Jesus. I know Jesus. I'm like, oh, that's sweet. Like, Jesus lives in your heart. And she goes, no, I've met him. We're like, well, tell us about it. Tell us that story. Like, just trying to, like, let her use, like, her imagination. She says, well, I was walking on a beach with Jesus, and he was holding my hand, and um, mommy was screaming for me to come back saying to Jesus, don't take my baby. Don't take my baby. Don't take my baby. And so Jesus then turned me around and walked me back to mommy and handed me to mommy. And then mommy sang me lullabies and I fell asleep. And it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Hold on. I was like, have you met Jesus? Like, I think you may, like, I think you know Jesus. Like, I think you, and you know, who knows? That's the, some of the mystery of like, what are we wow. talking about? I say all that to say when Tilly talks about deeply spiritual things, I listen because I'm like, maybe just, so when she says, dad, you're going to die soon. I I'm did like, I not know that story. Yeah. It's a crazy story. So were you like, okay, was it the beach of Lake Michigan? Like, yeah. Tell <laughs> Chicago. Me more about the beach. So that, the, th- this actually let me know. Maybe she's not lying. I said, okay, Tilly, tell me about Jesus. What was he like? And she said, I kid you not, dad, he is so funny. <laughs> and I was like, maybe like i'm in it was like i think you i don't know who knows and, you know mystery who knows but wow when she then wow. says hey dad i had a dream that you die soon i'm like i oh i don't uh, like, you, oh maybe like of all my kids maybe he actually told you <laughs> like so thinking about my funeral um they enneagram seven like dave they will say they will have in them a knowledge and experience of dad is fun dad is funny Dad brings the joy. Dad brings the party. We go do fun adventures with dad. That will be a norm. And I would be delighted if they would say that. Like my dad delighted in me and like brought joy. I think what like, I think I want them to say with all the fun, dad dwelled with me. Mm. Like dad sat with me. Dad saw me. Mm -hmm. Um, He wasn't off having so much fun pastoring and preaching so many people going on so many fun adventures that like, I always knew I could get my dad's attention. I Jeez. always knew like I had my dad's face and mm-hmm. I, I, I really want them to say that in, in yeah. five days or in 50 yeah. years, whatever uh, yeah. that is. Yeah. I know. Um, As you're saying that, I'm like, man, I hope my girls say that. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I think too, I can, I can relate to that. Uh, Heavily, I just think there's nothing I'm more scared of as, as yeah. not to beat yeah. the Enneagram drum too much, but totally. God, that is a struggle for me. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I, yeah. I would hope they'd be like, no, like you did a yeah. pretty good job. Be like, oh my God, yeah. Yeah. I have no more relief and, than the Enneagram. Like, you you know? you, pretty good or really good? Yeah, yeah I'll take any I'll take, kind yeah, of yeah. any good. That you were, you were willing to slow down for me. Oh yeah. man, I like I I I had your face, Dad, and like thanks for all the fun and like we we did the fun 
fun parties and the fun adventures and we laughed so much but like I had my dad's attention mm-hmm. Come on. golly Get in there. love you thanks yeah. for being on love you thank you dad fish